Well, hey everybody, I'm Adam Shaw, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. In this episode of our podcast, we are starting into a brand new series of sermons that we're calling The Red and the Blue. And if you're one of our listeners here in Kentucky, you might be thinking that we're talking about the Louisville Cardinals and the Kentucky Wildcats, because that's what the red and the blue refers to around here. But that's not what we're talking about in the sermon series. With Election Day just over a week away, we are talking about politics. I know, that's a kind of a controversial subject, but that's not the approach that we're taking to it. So inside of the series, you don't have to worry about me trying to convince you to vote for one candidate or support one party or anything along those lines. Instead, what we're going to be talking about in this week's sermon is how each of us, as followers of Jesus, can live out our faith in the face of the partisan political divide in our country today. So let's get right into this week's episode. So it would be a gross understatement to say that our church has been through a lot in 2020. Like thousands of other churches across the country, we haven't been able to meet in person since back in March. And in September, we finalized the sale of a building that our church has called home for more than 60 years. And then we had to pack up everything and move our offices to a brand new location. And now, here we are on October 25th. Christmas is just two months away. So the mad rush of the holiday season, it's just about upon us. So with everything that we've been through so far this year, and with everything that's about to come as we count down to Thanksgiving and Christmas, well, I thought that I'd take it easy for this sermon series. I thought that for this sermon series, we could spend a few weeks talking about something that isn't at all controversial. I thought we could talk about something that we can all easily agree on. And I thought that we could talk about something that wouldn't make anyone want to send me an angry email, voicemail, or text message. So what are we going to talk about in this sermon series? Well, we're going to talk about the least controversial issue that I could think of. We're going to be talking about politics. I mean, there's absolutely nothing controversial about politics, right? It's not like election day is just over a week away and our nation is about to decide who will be our president for the next four years or anything. Oh, wait, that's right. Election day is November 3rd, which is just over a week away. And our nation is already casting ballots to decide who will be our president for the next four years. But still, that doesn't mean that politics is controversial, does it? I mean, it's not like 55% of Republicans and 47% of Democrats believe that members of the other party are more immoral than other Americans. And it's not like 75% of Democrats and 64% of Republicans believe that members of the other party are more closed-minded than other Americans. And it's not like 63% of Republicans and 23% of Democrats believe that members of the other party are unpatriotic. And it's not like 85% of Republicans and 78% of Democrats say that the divisions between our two-party system are only getting worse. Oh, wait, that's right. That's exactly what a poll that was conducted by the Pew Research Center found back in October of 2019. And that poll, well, it was conducted before the impeachment. That poll was conducted before the outbreak of the coronavirus. That poll was conducted before there was the latest vacancy on the bench of the Supreme Court. 
And each one of those events have been as politically divisive as anything that most of us have seen in our lifetimes. So it's safe to say that politics haven't gotten any less controversial in 2020. But here's the deal. Even though politics is probably the most difficult topic that I could choose to preach on, when the election is just a few days away, we still need to talk about it. And even though politics is probably the most controversial topic that I could possibly preach on when the election is just a few days away, we still need to talk about it. And even though talking about politics when the election is just a few days away might ruffle up your feathers and mean that I get an angry message or two, we still need to talk about it. And here's why we still need to talk about it. It's because following Jesus isn't just something that we do on Sundays. Following Jesus is something we do every day. Following Jesus isn't just something that we do on Sundays. Following Jesus is something that we do every day. So our faith in Jesus, it doesn't mean anything if we leave it behind on the doorsteps of the church on Sunday mornings after the services wrap up. In our faith in Jesus, it doesn't mean anything if we leave it behind when we close down our web browsers after our online service finishes up. In our faith in Jesus, it doesn't mean anything if it's limited to just singing a couple of songs or listening to a sermon for 25 minutes on a Sunday morning. Our faith in Jesus doesn't mean anything unless we live it out every single day. Our faith in Jesus doesn't mean anything unless we live it out every single day. And that includes election day. So we need to talk about how we can live out our faith in Jesus every single day. We need to talk about how we can live out our faith in Jesus in any situation or any circumstance. And that means that we need to be able to talk about how we can live out our faith in Jesus when it comes to politics. But before we go any further in this sermon, I want to take a minute to tell you what I won't be talking about during the sermon series. First, I'm not going to tell you who you should vote for or who you should vote against on November 3rd. I'm not. And I'm not going to tell you that one of our political parties is right and the other party is wrong. I won't do it. And I'm definitely not going to tell you that Jesus would support one party or candidate over the other. It's not going to happen. So if that's what you were hoping for in a sermon series about politics, you might as well tune out right now, because that's not what we're going to be talking about. Because here is the only thing that I'm going to say specifically about who you should vote for in this year's election. And it's a piece of advice that I first heard shared by the writer Debbie Moon. She says, voting isn't marriage, it's public transportation. You're not waiting for the one who's absolutely perfect. You're getting on the bus. And if there isn't one headed to your destination, you don't not travel. You take the one going closest. So when you cast your ballot, vote for the candidate who will move our country in the direction that you think we should be going in. That's it. That's all I'm going to say about who you should vote for. So now that I've told you what I won't be talking about over the next few weeks, let me tell you what I will be talking about in this sermon series. This week, we're going to start out by talking about how we can live out our faith in the face of the partisan political divide in our country right now. And next week, we're going to talk about the kingdom that we are really a part of and the king that we really serve. 
And I'll go ahead and tell you that his name's not on the ballot in November. And in the last week of the series, after our ballots have been cast in this year's election, we're going to talk about the work that we, as followers of Jesus and as Americans, need to do to make our nation the more perfect union that our founding fathers envisioned. So that's where we're headed. Now let's dive into what we're talking about today. So how can we as followers of Jesus live out our faith in the face of the partisan political divide in our country? How can we do that? Well, let's take some time to talk about the way that Christians have been trying to do this. And we'll start by talking about a guy that I'm going to call Fred. Now, Fred is a devout follower of Jesus. He's been going to church every Sunday since the Sunday after he was born. He has served as a deacon, a Sunday school teacher. He's even sung in the choir. He spends time reading his Bible every single day, and he's always sharing some inspiring Bible verse on his Facebook page. But that isn't all that Fred shares on his Facebook page. You see, Fred isn't just a devout follower of Jesus. Fred, well, he's also a devoted member of one of our political parties. And if you were to scroll through his Facebook feed over the last couple of weeks or months, you would see plenty of posts that leave you absolutely no doubt about where Fred stands. Fred shares every positive post that he runs across about his preferred presidential candidate. And he also shares every nasty and hate-filled post that he can find about the other candidate and the other party. So when you scroll through Fred's feed, you might run across a post uh, of, of Jesus' words in Matthew 22, verse 39, where Jesus tells us to love your neighbor as yourself. And then three minutes later, you might see Fred share a post calling the opposing party's leaders every four-letter word that you shouldn't utter in church or anyplace else. And we all know some Freds. We all have some Freds as friends on Facebook. Some of us are even Freds ourselves. But Fred isn't doing a good job of living out his faith in the face of partisan politics. When Fred posts those nasty things about one political party in one post only to post something about his faith in the very next one, he's compromising the good news of Jesus. He's telling his political opponents that Jesus couldn't love them because of the candidate that they support. So don't be like Fred. But, of course, not all Christians act like Fred when it comes to politics. You have other Christians that act like someone that we'll call Wilma. And yeah, that's a Flintstones reference if you're keeping track. But Wilma is every bit as devout in her faith as Fred. She's been involved in church since she was a baby. She's been a deacon. She's been a Sunday school teacher. And yeah, she sung in the choir too. And she's done so much more than that. So when you visit Wilma's Facebook page... You'll see that she shares all of those uplifting Bible verses and things like that that Fred shares. But unlike with Fred, Wilma never has anything to say or to share about politics. You see, the last few election cycles, they've worn Wilma down. She cannot stand the way that the men and the women who have been running for the highest office in our land have talked to and about each other. She has been like the proverbial ostrich with its head buried in the sand throughout this entire election cycle. 
She hasn't wanted to turn on her TV and risk seeing one of the thousands of attack ads that seem to be playing nonstop about this time of year. And Wilma hasn't wanted to log on to her Facebook page in weeks and see the kind of posts that people like, well, Fred are constantly sharing. And she doesn't really care what either candidate pledges or promises they're going to do once they're in office. Because Wilma knows it's never going to happen. So Wilma, she's completely given up on politics. We all know some Wilmas too, even if we don't realize it. There are Wilmas in your family. There are Wilmas in our church. And there's a good chance that you feel like a Wilma too. Because Wilmas have been so turned off by the way that our politicians have acted and behaved they don't, that they don't believe that politics should have any role in their life or in their faith. And that means that Wilmas no longer engage in politics at all. So they don't cast votes to help the candidates that share their beliefs or values get elected. They don't speak out when policies or practices are hurting their fellow Americans. And they don't stop trying to find ways, even small ways, to help out inside of their city, inside of their nation. They don't try to find ways to make this world a better place. And that means that the Wilmas in our world aren't doing a great job of living out their faith in the face of partisan politics either. Because Jesus doesn't call us to wash our hands of the world. Jesus calls us to love our neighbors, to be in the world and not of the world. But we can't do that if we're not being at least a little political. And here's why. At its core, politics isn't about presidential candidates or political parties. At its core, politics is about the way that people relate to and care for each other in a society. I mean, that's really what the word politics means. Politics means the way that we relate to and care for each other in a society. So if we want to have relationships with our fellow Americans, whether they're a part of our family or our churches, whether they live down the street or all the way across the country, and if we want to help take care of each other, we have to be involved in politics. So I'll ask the question for you again. How do we do that? How do we, as followers of Jesus, live out our faith in the face of partisan politics in our country today? Well, believe it or not, the Apostle Paul, who was the foremost missionary and theologian of the first century, he wrote a letter to a group of Christians who were facing a similar situation. These Christians lived on a large island off the coast of Greece called Crete. And the people of Crete, well, they were pretty notorious in the ancient world. They were so bad that the Greek word for liar, which was kritizo, literally meant to be a Cretan. There was even a poet in the ancient world named Epimenides, who was from Crete, who said this, Cretans are always liars, vicious beasts, and lazy gluttons. And if someone from Crete would say those kind of things about the people living there, you can just imagine what everybody else in the ancient world thought about the Cretans. And I would imagine that it's the same kind of things that a lot of us think of when we think of the partisan politics and politicians in our country today. I mean, seriously, it's not hard to imagine a Republican saying that Democrats are always liars. And it's also not hard to imagine a Democrat saying that Republicans are vicious beasts and vice versa. So Paul, 
Well, Paul wanted to help Christians in Crete live out their faith in the face of the nasty and hate-filled behavior all around them. Just like that nasty, hate-filled behavior surrounds us. So Paul sends one of his most trusted co-workers and companions, a man named Titus, to the Christians in Crete. And Paul writes a letter that he sends with Titus to help teach the people of Crete the right way to follow Jesus. And I think what Paul wrote to those Christians living in Crete will help us as we try to live out our faith in the face of the nasty and hate-filled behavior that is all too common in our politics today. So let's take a look at what part of what Paul wrote in a book that we call Titus. We'll start reading in chapter 3, verse 1. Here's what Paul writes. Remind them, that is the Christians living in Crete, to submit to rulers and authorities. They should be obedient and ready to do every good thing. Okay, so if you are anything like me, When you read this passage, your attention immediately goes to that first sentence, the one about submitting to rulers and authorities. And there's a reason why our attention goes there. Over the last hundred years alone, we have seen just how dangerous it can be to submit to some rulers and some authorities. Think Nazi Germany or the former Soviet Union. So that sentence, it sounds pretty crazy to us. But when Paul tells us to submit to rulers and authorities, he isn't telling us that we should blindly follow whatever our leaders may say. Instead, the idea of submitting here has an undertone of military life to it. In the military, soldiers understand that they need to have generals to lead them. So soldiers are willing to submit or to yield their own control to someone who is higher up the chain of command. So when Paul tells us to submit, he is telling us to recognize that we need leaders. Our society would fall apart if every one of us refused to yield control of our lives or follow anyone else. But as much as the first sentence in this passage may jump out at us, it's actually not the part of of this passage that we need to be paying attention to. The second sentence in this verse is so much more important for us as we try to understand how we can live out our faith in the face of partisan politics. The second sentence says, they, or again, the Christians in Crete, should be obedient and ready to do every good thing. So right here, Paul is telling us that in order for us to be followers of Jesus, we have to be political. In order for us to be followers of Jesus, we have to be political. Because again, remember what politics is really about at its core. At its core, politics isn't about supporting a political party or a presidential candidate. At its core, politics is about the way that people relate to and take care of each other in a society. So as followers of Jesus, we have to relate to other people. And we have to take care of other people. So we have to be political. But Paul's not going to stop there. In the very next verse, he's going to tell us how to do that. So let's take a look at what Paul writes next. We'll pick up in verse 2. Here's what it says. They shouldn't speak disrespectfully about anyone, but they should be peaceful, kind, and show complete courtesy toward everyone. So as Christians, we are supposed to be political. We're supposed to relate to and to care for others in our society. 
But when we're engaging in politics, we shouldn't speak disrespectfully about anyone. We should be peaceful. We should be kind. And we should show courtesy toward everyone. Or to put it another way, we shouldn't do politics like the world does politics. We shouldn't do politics like the world does politics. For Christians, being political shouldn't be about tearing others down. It should be about building everyone up. For Christians, being political shouldn't be about taking care of ourselves. It should be about taking care of those who can't take care of themselves. For Christians, being political shouldn't be about how much power we can gain in this world. It should be about showing God's love and God's care for this world. And Paul goes on to explain why we shouldn't do politics the way the world does. So let's pick back up in verse 3. Here's what Paul writes. We, as Christians, were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, and slaves to our desires and various pleasures, too. We were spending our lives in evil behavior and jealousy. We were disgusting. We hated other people. But when God, our Savior's kindness and love, appeared, he saved us because of his mercy, not because of righteous things we had done, he did it through the washing of new birth and the renewing by the Holy Spirit, which God poured out upon us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So, since we have been made righteous by His grace, we can inherit the hope for eternal life. This saying is reliable. And I want you to insist on these things so that those who have come to believe in God might give careful attention to doing good. These things are good. And they're useful for everyone. So Paul tells us that we shouldn't do politics like the world does politics because we're not like the world. As followers of Jesus, our lives have been changed by Jesus. So we're supposed to be different because of that. So let's do that. Let's be different. Let's be political without being jerks. Let's be political without disrespecting another person. Let's be political without demeaning someone because of the politician or the party that they choose to support. Let's be political and agree that we can disagree on political issues. Let's be political but accept that there aren't black and white answers to the controversial issues that we face. Let's be political and cast our votes to try to make our country and our world a better place, not just for us, but for generations to come. Let's be political and work together to create a more perfect union. And let's get started now. And here's my challenge for you this week. Between now and election day, don't speak or share anything on social media that is disrespectful of one candidate or another or the people that vote for them. Instead, be kind, be peaceful, be courteous. And don't stop when the election is over. When Jesus came into your life, he changed you. So be different and let the world see Jesus through you. Be different. Don't demean someone else. Lift them up. Be different. Don't judge another person. Instead, walk alongside of them and learn from their point of view. Be different. Don't demean. Don't discourage. Don't put anyone down. Don't be selfish. Put other people first. Take care of those who are in need. 
Be different. That's what we are called to be. We are not supposed to be like this world, so we can't do politics the way that this world does. We can't attack people who have different views than we do. We have to love one another. We have to be different because that's what Jesus was when he walked this earth. That's who Jesus is as he lives in us today. He's different from the world we live in. And if we want people to see Jesus, to come to Jesus, to be saved by Jesus, we can't be like everyone else around us. We have to be different. So let's do that. Let's be different during this election and for every election to come. And let's show the world who Jesus really is. Let's pray together. God, as we come to you now in this time of prayer, you know everything that has been happening in this world around us, God. You know every attack ad that is playing out on television screens, on radio airwaves, or when we're logging into Facebook. God, you know the way that politics plays out in our world. You know that it is so often about tearing down the other person, making our country fear the opposing party, God. But that's not what politics is supposed to be. Politics is about the way that we relate to and take care of each other, God. Not about tearing each other down so that our preferred candidate gets to hold office instead of the other guy. So God, help us as your people to follow you and to be different, not just during this election season, but every time that we face political issues. Let us stand up for those that you would stand up for. Let us give voice to those causes. But let us do it in love, God. Show us how to be political without being like the world around us. Show us how to make this world a better place without acting like jerks. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that this episode has challenged you to be political without being a jerk about it. Because here's the truth. We, as followers of Jesus, we need to be political. We need to make sure that everyone is being taken care of. But we don't have to go about that by being disrespectful or demeaning or mean or rude or just a flat-out jerk. We can do that by being different. So let me challenge you to be different as we count down to Election Day 2020. Live out your faith in a way that the world doesn't see. Now we're going to continue on in the sermon series next Sunday, and next week we will be talking about who our real king is and the kingdom that we are actually a part of. So we hope that you'll come back and join us when that episode drops. As always, if you subscribe to our podcast, it'll be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. And while you're in that app, let me encourage you to leave a rating or a review for our podcast. Your ratings and reviews, they mean a lot to us, and they help spread the word about this podcast to other people as well. And I also want to let you know that you can join us live any Sunday morning for Worship Online. We worship at 10.30 a.m. Eastern time and you can find us at mhbclouisville.com slash live well until the next time we get together i hope that you guys have a great week and we will see you back here next sunday for another sermon podcast